We're here, we're queer, and we're already changing the world. Welcome to the Queer Changemakers podcast, where each episode we will have a conversation with an LGBTQ plus changemaker, someone who is out there taking action in the world to make our community and the world a better place. Welcome to Queer Changemakers. Uh, today we have Mike Henderson. Would you like to introduce yourself and give the audience a little, uh, tell them a little bit about you? Oh, yeah. Th uh, nice to meet you, Justin, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Michael Henderson. I'm the founder and CEO of uh, BAG Travel, which stands for Black and Gay Travel. Um, I'm also the founder of uh, several social groups. The biggest one is Black Gay Travelers, Black Gay which is on blackdaytravelers.com. Um, and I also have local groups uh, worldwide, all under the Black and Gay label, Black and Gay in LA. That's the first one that started. I'm based out of Los Angeles. There's Black and Gay in New York, London. Uh, we just opened a South Africa group and a group in Mexico, Atlanta, DC. So pretty much every major city where you would find a significant Black LGBTQ um, or country uh, where you find a significant number of us who I'm looking to put together basically so we can spend time more time talking to each other instead of talking at each other and also building something positive together in terms of mobility, educating each other about different places and opportunities, kind of thinking out of the box where um, when I first started the group or before I started the group, but I would travel places and I would be like the first black person that they've ever seen. <laughs> and then like I'm from outer space, but that shouldn't be the case. If we're, you know, black people are the original people, that shouldn't be the case. We should be old school. Everybody should have already seen us. So I, it, to me, that's kind of problematic. You know, it's like, that means we don't get out enough. We don't get ahead of the narratives. Um, some of them negative that get out there. And my motivation is just having a show our face. I call the events, some events I stage uh, where we go to uh, major events around the world, like say Oktoberfest or going to Rio for Carnival. I just call them blackouts where we just go and show up. And here we are. Um, and it's opportunities for us to meet each other and network. So that's that's where I, that's where I come from. I've been doing um, group travel for 20 years. Uh, most of it like unofficial before I actually started the company, just with friends, family, et cetera. Um, then I actually started the LLC in 2021, the actual BAG travel group to do the travel agent uh, route, which actually helped significantly to uh, have relationships with vendors, suppliers, and also discounts for my group. That sounds pretty, pretty amazing. What was your what was your first trip or your your first travel experience? Um, yeah, let's start there. Okay, uh, if you want to go really early, <laughs> so when I was younger, I would like I don't know, twelve, thirteen. I would like, hey, I'm telling my parents, hey, I'm going around the corner to go to my friend's house, hang out. But I would I had a bus pass or if I had bus fare for my allowance, I would just go around Los Angeles. Like you see this kid walking around Hollywood Boulevard looking lost but not really because i i study maps intensely and my curiosity about exploring that's kind of where um i could not be contained let's just put it that way <laughs> so uh, exploring is my blood um i heard my grandfather was an avid hiker so maybe i got it from him uh later on my first actual international trip was to thailand i wow. believe i was in my early 20s maybe 22 23 uh bangkok um went down to phuket uh it was amazing i mean i was definitely inspired um and then on the way back i believe i stopped in hong kong which is still my all-time favorite travel city um i have a background i have a master's degree, degree in urban planning from usc and hong kong was one of my is one of my nerdy obsessions uh, in terms of the, the way it's laid out and um i kind of put that twist on my tours as well where i, I want people to see places spe specifically cities beyond what they see in the travel brochures um i want people to learn about why a city works um why things are laid out the way they are and once you see that then you understand how livable it is and then you get you understand the feedback 
that you hear from locals about this and that. Like if you talk to locals, just understanding it from a planning point of view and a, a layout point of view. I mean, it, I find it fascinating and at least the feedback I get during my, my trips are like, oh, this is a different angle. It's interesting to know why a city is the way it is. Like why is New York more dense than Los Angeles, for example, and what effect that has on how people relate to one another. Awesome. That sounds uh, <laughs> sounds pretty cool. Uh, I I am originally from New York, so when when you mentioned getting on a bus or train and going to the places you wanted to go, uh, that that's a city that definitely has enough public transit as a, as a young person to get around. Um, and I appreciate the fact that you have that um, urban urban planning background, which. I have some friends who are actually into urban planning and some who are just like hobbyist urban planners. Um, mm -hmm. So I can, I can imagine how that adds another layer to just experiencing a place. So you started with Thailand and Asia. Um, is there a reason why you chose Thailand as the first place that you were going? Uh, on a Superficial level, I love Thai food, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I did, you know, I, I, I did, I was often on the forums, uh, I think back then it was like America Online or something, <laughs> and reading travel magazines and things like that, where, you know, Thailand was the best, it probably still is the most affordable luxury place you could go, so dollar was really strong at the time, you know, I wanted them to maximize my experience, I was fascinated with uh Southeast Asian culture, um, architecture, the temples, um, the religion. Um, it was right on my alley. I wanted, I didn't want to just make my first foreign trip like next door. I love Mexico or Canada, but I wanted to just let me make my first trip somewhere totally 180 from where I grew up. So it was a challenge for me. Awesome. Awesome. And then, so. That's cool. I've I've yet to go to Asia or Africa, uh, or South America actually. So part of me is like these are these are all places I'm looking forward to, and I I appreciate these groups that you have. So you. you said it started. You started. You you like made it into an LLC in 2021, but when was the first um, group trip that you made or experience that you helped make happen? Uh, as far as like a private group, it would have been Japan, probably, um, yeah, well, almost 20 years ago. Uh, just friends, like people heard, oh, you went to Thailand, and the next thing I know, people are asking me, can you plan this trip for us? Uh, you know, even then, I wouldn't even charge. I was like, okay, I'll just do it, because it was just a hobby for me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, things change. Um, uh, I wanted to start the company to make it formal, but... But before that, it was just, to me, it was just something I felt passionate about. I, I enjoyed people having of seeing places through uh, their eyes, I guess, or I want to, like, I, if especially a place I did research at before, I would recommend someone. And then just hearing the stories after they get back saying, oh, yeah, you're right, this was amazing. Or I discovered this um, based on your recommendation, or, you know, I went on my own and found out this, this this and that so I mean I was to me it was just a it's a passionate thing I love seeing people's eyes light up when they talk about travel I love mm -hmm. leading groups just uh, especially people who have very little experience traveling internationally I like to I feel like a I don't know if it's uh I don't want to sound creepy but it's like a <laughs> sing Santa's you're Santa Claus and you're watching the kids light up, eyes light up when you give them presents. <laughs> so when I'm on a group trip, it's like if people are seeing these amazing uh, monuments, world famous things for the first time, or they're just immersed in a particular culture of a place, talking to locals, and they they come back with all these stories, you know, they, these memories that they have years later. Um, to me, it's, it makes it worth it. Um, it's The money is one side, but it's also... I view it as enhancing people's lives because I believe that travel is one of life's best teachers. I, the, the idea of seeing people's eyes light up, um, not creepy at all. I think <laughs> Thank for you. many people, whether in the creative arts or even just telling a joke, 
um, when you're when someone gets it, when you see that light, we see that happen. Um, I think that's actually like one of the most human experiences we have. And I'm sure they experienced it as a gift from you, but like being able to see that impact, it's probably a gift to you, uh, is, is a gift that you get to get in as well. So it's called Black and Gay Travelers. You've got a number of groups. Um, how has that been, that process? Uh, so there's a there's BAG Travel, which is Black and Gay Travel, and then Black Gay Travelers, the, the main group, the international group and the local groups, Black and Gay in LA, New York, et cetera. They've been great. I mean, they're they're constantly growing all together. Have between having latest count was over over fifteen thousand members, probably twenty thousand at this point, um, through my mailing list and through the different groups I have on several platforms. Facebook is one of the major platforms I have the population on. Um, the website itself, which is essentially the mailing list, email mm -hmm. list. So. Yeah, it's constantly growing, and my next stage I've recently launched is working with influencers to attend some of these trips and do cross promo. Um, so that's going great. A couple of them, actually, three really well-known influencers are going on my Japan trip, which will be April tenth or twenty-first of next year. So we're gonna do a lot of video and like real content and stories. Um, it's gonna be amazing. And um, have a huge Puerto Vallarta event. Anticipating mm -hmm. three hundred attendees in uh, for Puerto Vallarta Pride, several of them, several of them will be attending there as well. So that that's my I'm already at that that's my stage I'm at now is now doing uh, very high profile partnerships. So I've I worked with a few of them before um, on their projects, whether it's booking uh, events for them, but uh, now we're doing more cross promo opportunities. So it's growing and I, I see the sky's a limit. Awesome, awesome. How could someone uh, help support you in in this, in actually any, yeah, in any way? How could someone support uh, BAG based on where you are now and like what's going on in your world? I, I would say I would route all support through blackgaytravelers.com. And I say that because BAG Travel is just the service arm to serve the groups in okay. terms of like, if I have a group trip, the travel company exists as a service organization. Um, so I would say in two ways, uh, number one, the members telling other people about the group and growing the audience and the, what comes with larger groups and larger audiences leverage. So I can get better pricing with hotels, cruises, et cetera. Uh, that's, that's the beauty in group travel. You have better leverages with better leverage with suppliers um, where trips actually become cheaper um, in general for groups versus solo, you know? And I you still have some people like, oh, you know, I can book on my own and uh, I can get the best deal in history that no one knows about. No, not, <laughs> the reality is not really. Um, it, but it makes people feel good to think that. But at the same time, um, I like to, I like, I like challenges. And if I was, I say, oh, okay, show me what you got. Well, okay, I can beat that. So I view that as a challenge. I, I like healthy competition, uh, whether they're I'm competing against uh, them <laughs> or another company. Um, that's fine. It, it's all good. I think it makes us all better. Um, the other way to help is. Uh, I, the next phase would be, I don't want this to just be an American, quote unquote, first world uh, membership group in terms of like only Americans, only British people can afford to travel. Now I want, like I, I get requests from different countries in the Caribbean, South America, Africa, uh, people asking even basic questions like, hey, you know, I wish I could go with you guys, but you know, I can't even afford to you know, apply for a visa or the flight would be my entire year's salary. So my next step is a nonprofit arm to help uh, Black LGBTQ travelers from no matter what your economic background is to get to explore on, a, on an equal level as the other members. So I don't, want, I don't want ever to be there to be a hierarchy, a tier of members based on how much money you have. I, I only want the discerning factor to be capacity of the trip. So everybody has an equal chance to go 
And I, I do have a donation link on blackgatetravelers.com. And hopefully next year I'll be launching a nonprofit arm as well. To And also I would I could lead into the third one is uh, advocacy, you know, where we have black LGBTQ uh, leaders in communities where maybe there's oppression going on in terms of whether it's outright illegal <laughs> to be yourself. Um, or your travel is limited, or uh, they're advocating, or, or other organizations that are advocating for helping improve the lives of Black LGBTQ people around the world. Uh, that's another mission of the nonprofit I'm planning as well, is to see if I can coordinate with those organizations and those those uh, leaders on the ground, like Uganda, for example. I have a few members of my group from Uganda, and I. I do get requests uh, for assistance. <laughs> Basically, you know, it's it's really up there. Um, and you wonder, okay, why would they join the travel group? Well, to me, it makes perfect sense. Uh, travel is about mobility. Travel is about uh, not just physical mobility. It's about idea mobility. So how about visitors uh, going there, seeing for themselves? what's going on in a safe way. Um, how about members advocating to help other members be more mobile, whether it's if, if they're just taking vacation or they're seeking asylum. Um, to me, it's not about going around the world, looking at monuments, taking a few pictures and selfies. You know, to me, that's all goofy. <laughs> I think travel should have a purpose of education. Travel should have a purpose of life enrichment. Travel should have a pur purpose of making other people feel, especially the vulnerable community, like the Black LGBTQ community around the world, feel safer, and we so we can live our best lives. So that's what drives me. I mean, I I've seen all the major monuments in the world, and I tell everybody, oh, it's overrated you actually get more out of travel by talking to people and learning about people and helping people. It's really cool. It's really cool. I like that mobility, both physical and just the ideas. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot you can learn by seeing stuff, but also just that, that experience. I think those shared jokes, those shared tables, shared meals um, can really yes. add to some travel uh experiences um because yeah you take one picture you see them all like i think i was in france and i like took a picture of the mona lisa from far because it was crowded and part of me was like hmm there are about 40 people taking a picture right now in this moment <laughs> and none of the pictures <laughs> look great and it's the mona lisa i can see a better picture just online um but while being there, there were some other pictures that I like took with other things that you can actually get close to. I was like, you know what? I think this is a much, <laughs> I enjoyed those other pictures a lot more than the idea of the Mona Lisa. Um, well, mm -hmm. so that, that scenario, so I would package that scenario in terms of, I've done the same thing, like by myself, say, oh, it looks so small. And I, I push my way to the front to get a picture of it. But I think a real value is sharing experiences like if you were there with a black lgbt group all together we would share that story together of seeing the mona lisa you know what i'm saying and yeah and quite frankly we'll have a better chance of pushing and shoving our way to the front but <laughs> but i i think when people are out of their comfort zone out of their home into a shared experience that's what makes it valuable it's not a, it's not necessarily just seeing the mona lisa it's experiencing the the attempt to see the mona lisa together as a group that's a bonding experience that is pretty is that is beautiful that's beautiful so when it when it comes to travel and our communities what do you think are some of the major obstacles or challenges to get people to even want to join a group like this or go on one of these trips uh, well, the first one, just joining the group, is it's awareness. Uh, just getting to making sure the word is out there. Um, you know, constant reinforcement, like some advertising, working with marketing companies, uh, things like that. Uh, 
there are very few groups of my kind out there. Um, there's a lot of black travel groups, but this is a very specific niche that I'm in. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just a matter of awareness that for the first part of that question. The second part is going on the trips. Part of it, like I mentioned earlier, is affordability. So I do payment plans. I do uh, buy now, travel later plans as well. And like once, like I said, once I get the, the nonprofit arm going, um, then it's I can actually have part of these trips subsidized. And I, I will say part of that would be looking for advertisers as well to to assist with that effort. So if let's say I have a trip that's sponsored by a particular company, like let's say we're going on a hike, then I find a a company that you know makes hiking boots. <laughs> hey, here you go. Um, and it's afford more affordable for everybody. Um, so I, I think price is one factor. The other factor is uh, looking for roommates. <laughs> so, I mean, just being frank, that, that's that's another challenge. I think that goes along with cost too, because people are looking for double occupancy. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with a few partners on a platform where we could get together, where people can. It's almost like think of it as a. I was going to say grinder for a second, but think of it as, you know, you can create a profile on the website and you're looking for a partner. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this case, it'll be the roommate version. So you can put your whole profile. What are you looking for uh, in a roommate, et cetera, et cetera. When are you traveling? And then it spits out candidates for you. And then you guys have that conversation. So that's in the works. Awesome. Awesome. That is, that is, that's really cool. It's really cool. Um, so when I, when I think about that, are there certain, are there like common ideas people have that are maybe not true or certain myths that people tend to believe about travel that you typically have to help them overcome or help them learn through, if that makes sense? Oh yeah, it does. Uh, I would say in terms of Black travelers in general, um, I, part of my MO is kind of out of the box places. Like if you go on my website, you would see trips, uh, past trips like Antarctica. <laughs> Iceland is one of my passionate places. I actually have two trips next October to Iceland. I wrote three articles about Iceland travel. Um, like I had, when I proposed an Iceland trip a couple of years ago in my group, I think one comment was like, oh, they don't like us there. Like, it's like, who, who said that? Like who told you that? Who's they? <laughs> yeah. um, then, um, so I actually shared videos of there's uh, black entrepreneurs uh, in Iceland, recent immigrants, et cetera, which I met during my research trips as well. Um, to me, it's one of the most fascinating places on the planet. Uh, very, it's like literally zero crime rate, uh, really nice people, a low key foodie destination and Thailand, Southeast Asia as well. Uh, it's trying to get us out of the box and not going to the same places every time. Like, um, hey, let's go to the Caribbean on a short cruise. Let's go to Columbia School. <laughs> I'm not going to put it down, but we can go other places besides tropical places. Let's put it that way. We can go places where, quote unquote, people say we're not supposed to go. Um, or, you know, where people, I want to get people looking at us like, oh, where'd you come from? I've never seen one of you before. To me, that's just cool. That's cool as hell. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and then... It, it creates conversation on both sides. And it, it, to me, it's more memorable than, you know, some trip that a thousand people have done before. Um, I'd rather, you know, go to the other end of the world and have a, a totally unique experience than go to the same country I've been to for the 20th time, just because it's in our, it's close, you know, just getting out of that comfort zone. Okay. That's, um, super helpful super helpful I mean definitely will need to look more into these because you you mentioned the many places I haven't been and one of the things that holds me back is sort of what you said or what you said you're doing which is okay how do I do this with a group of people who are accepting but also how do I do this in a way that makes me feel a little more safe I think being be, being in America it's easy to see certain examples of racism, let's say. Um, 
so it's easy to sort of say that is what the world might be. Um, so if there's someone else who said, oh, I've been there or I know how to do this in a safe way and I could do it fun and we can do all these things. And especially for me personally, I don't have to do the research to be like, uh, here's where we're going to stay. And this is how it's you true. get from one place to the next. Um, like Antarctica sounds amazing. And there's a part of me that's like, that's not possible. Only certain people can get there. You need all of this. It sounds like a heavy lift. And it sounds like you're making that lift easier for people and adding community to it, which I think is. Well, that's a good segue. Um, well, number one, professional wise, that's part of a travel agent's duty is to educate people about places. So you always, always assume the client doesn't know what they want. And then it's your job to propose. You find out what they like to do, what kind of person they are, and then you propose a place. So number two, um, you mentioned community. So I also partner with, there's there's plenty of black expat groups around the world, like uh, Black in Portugal is one of them. Um, black in Thailand, Black in Bali. There's all these groups, uh, Black in Tulum, uh, partner with them as well. There's plenty of people, you mentioned research, that have already done the research. There's whole communities built out there. And mm -hmm. as a Black American, I always recommend, hey, you know, 2024 is coming. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Have yeah. an escape hatch. <laughs> have a backup plan. Even if you just invest overseas and want to do an Airbnb or something and make some extra income that way. Mm -hmm. uh, just do what everybody else is doing and not feel like uh, get out of your box. Um, explore. Um, you know, it, it's shocking how many, uh, I say Black Americans do are over the age of 30 and never had a passport. Um, you know, it's that's part of what I want to break and like, hey, there's there's a whole big world out there. Don't ever think of yourself as a citizen of a particular country only. You're a citizen of the world. You have a right to go everywhere you want, even if it's just a vacation or if you want to go somewhere to make a better life for yourself. So never feel like you don't have mobility, the ability of mobility. And it starts with the passport. of mobility. Cool. Cool. So um, I'm going to transition a little bit, but I think it'll probably be really connected. Um, one of the questions that I ask all my guests are when you when you think of our queer community, and if you want, we can make it the our black and queer community. Um, what is like a vision you have for like the next step for the future? of of us um yeah so like if you if you can change something about our black and queer community what's one change you would be like that's what i'm going to see different uh economic cooperation so yeah. I, I think all the other stuff um whether it's the the personality clashes like the the friction between you know different like mass versus femme gay versus lesbian I, I think a common purpose is needed um, in terms of that's one of the things I kind of state in my slogan on Black Aid Travelers is building uh, connections across the African diaspora, Black uh, LGBTQ diaspora. It's uh, creating that something common. That That's the first step in breaking down barriers and cooperation. Um, so I, traveling for a purpose, like uh like i said meeting these expat groups considering that a possibility or investing overseas uh not just one way it's like hey um let's go to africa let's go to let's go to ghana let's go to south africa which I'm, i have a trip coming up in december or later this month rather um let's talk to some local business people there uh let's look at opportunities for something in common so we can build kind of a sub-economy of the Black LGBTQ community around the world. Mm -hmm. Or even if you're just traveling, let's say you're going somewhere, you've met someone really cool overseas. Oh, you don't even need to bother with the hotel. You just stay with uh, Cousin Pookie and Ray Ray somewhere in uh, Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and vice versa, when they come out here, they can stay in your flat in New York. Uh, just even just things as simple as that. I mean, it, that goes a long way. I mean, it, it's barter system is kind of what I'm getting at. 
um, where things aren't necessarily about having zillions of dollars just to do anything. That's not the case. It's the mobility, it starts with mobility. It starts with a common purpose um, and then actually meeting these people um, and getting together to, to build whatever you want to build. But it has to start somewhere. That's the purpose of creating a group. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Like I was in a coaching program group and the person leading it was like, I have these, has these friends who make all this money and they are just like, yeah, we're doing this thing. Do you want to hop on my private jet and get there? And, or hop on my boat because we're doing this trip for the weekend. And the way he said it was like, at least at first it was like, do I deserve to be here? Like, ah, these people, other people should do things. I should pay my own way. And then it was like being in some of those spaces, he learned that the more people have, the more they end up giving. And it's like people who have all the means to pay for it themselves rely on each other and cooperate in certain ways where it's like, oh yeah, whatever, take take my boat, take my thing. And they don't even um, think of it that much. And I think sometimes... I there's a part of me that wants to say like yeah but once you have every once you get to a certain level it's easier to then just give everything but sometimes at any level we are uh we can still you know barter we can still be a community um where it's not about maximizing profit but being able to maximize experience uh maximize connection maximize community in a way where it's just like no I just give because I I give um, and I like that. I yes. Like that vision of economic co cooperation. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. You ran into, you ran into some very giving people with money. So they're not all like that, but you, you ran into a few good ones. Some of them, that's kind of what I want to coax as well. More of them, more to do that. Um, where it's just not, Hey, I'm on TikTok or whatever. And I, you know, I'm, I make millions and I'm, I've been to a, a thousand countries and it's like, okay, well, what are you doing for the community? Not that you're obligated, but why should I be interested? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's part of my hope for the future is as things like AI happen and how do you want to think about politics and other, other stuff in the world? It's who are the people in my space in my community, whether it's local or online or these virtual communities, um, how do I enjoy those more, right? Like mm -hmm. if AI were to take over and AI does half of my job and I have all this extra time in my hands, um, you know, what experiences do I want to have as a human being and who do I want to share those with? So it's, I think that vision of more economic community, the cooperation and common purpose is important, both for our Black communities, our queer communities, and our Black queer communities. Um, I definitely would love to see more. I definitely would love to experience more of that. Um, I think as I've been talking to different people, I'm hearing more and more about these different communities that already exist. And you mentioned that there was a chapter here in DC because I'm in DC now, but originally from mm -hmm. New York. Um, and part of me is like, I don't think I know the local group or I didn't know that there was a local group, but it does sound like a group that I will be looking into and connecting with just to see what's going sure. on because I love travel and- um, Sure. I'll send you the link. I literally just started it four weeks ago. So, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but, <laughs> so it's not my problem. But... Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's got black and gay in it in DC. Awesome. Uh, it's on. Yeah. It's on Facebook. I will be looking up. I will be looking that up. Yeah, I'll be taking a link from you and joining. Um, yeah, because I think I'm glad that it's growing and that it's new and that it's also building on this foundation that you've already started uh years ago um cool cool so i'm trying to think usually i have certain questions that i ask um i've already talked about a lot of it so i think cool so i'm gonna move into the rapid semi-rapid fire questions um 
and we can just go from there. So question one, uh, what inspires you or what is something that inspires you and why? Uh, I'm naturally curious. So not knowing things, it's like fingers on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> so well, uh, that's one of the reasons I like to explore. Um, I'm always wondering about like, uh, why does this work or what does this place look like or how do people live in this place? Or it, it, to me, it's, it's this constant curiosity. My mind is always spinning. I'm always looking for new ways of doing things. I'm always looking for new places to see. So I, I think if it, wherever there's a knowledge gap, so to speak, I always I view it as a personal challenge to fill it and not only fill it, but see if I could take what I learned and build something better even than something I discovered. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I'm, my, uh, I don't know if it's hereditary, but uh, like I said, I have this exploring bug and I have this, uh, this curious nature. So it just never turns off. So I might, if I ever had a partner, I might drive them crazy, but <laughs> um, that's that's just my nature. I, I, I can't stop. I'm always wanting to learn something new. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Or maybe you'll you'll if you want a partner, when you get one, um, that partner will also have that exploring bug and you can explore together. Well uh, well I'm a I'm aromantic, so <laughs> so that, that won't happen. But but um if I did, it, they would probably be someone similar otherwise they would go crazy trying to chase me around the world <laughs> that's, that's I, I appreciate that and like just the curiosity and being chased around the world is a interesting uh picture in my mind um <laughs> uh okay so uh next question next question when it comes to self-care uh what what are some routines or things that you do for yourself um yeah when it comes to self-care i like to walk hike uh like i when i'm i still think the most beautiful place in the world is yosemite national park i take groups there every year um i live in los angeles with tons of mountains around um i love to that i like to keep myself active physically oh that's number one uh on the mental side uh, I'm very extremely multitasky, <laughs> so I'm still working on, you know, moderating my time that I spend. Um, sometimes I have weeks where I work 100 hours, some, and then the next week it's 20 um, or 40. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm working on the the relaxation part, but okay. but I definitely think the the exercise definitely it it's weird because even when I'm when I'm hiking, my mind is spinning. I'm thinking of these ideas. <laughs> so unless my, my legs are moving, but my brain is it's moving twice as fast. But self-care, I would say exercise is number one. Um, drinking water, uh, staying away from, like your mother already told you, it's all in moderation. Mm -hmm. So just your fine uh, vehicle, you were a sports car, don't put cheap gas in it. <laughs> but it defeats the point um just things like that a lot of common sense things but i would say exercise is my number one okay cool uh let's see so when it comes to question i was asking in summer was about pride uh but it's also the holidays and you also travel so um <laughs> within the past six months it could be pride season or just summer uh what's one of your favorite moments or experiences that you've had? Uh, my favorite pride, I mean, Puerto Vallarta pride is my favorite, uh, but I had some really good experiences. I went to Sitges, uh, yeah, and I went to, actually went to Oktoberfest. They have a, a gay pride night, which is Rosaween. It's like the first Sunday of Oktoberfest in Munich. That was mm -hmm. pretty incredible. It was fun. Um, I, I had a, a group there and we had a really great time uh that's something i definitely want to do every couple of years um just that's a part of the out of the box thinking i was talking about earlier like black i don't know american travelers in particular oh they don't they'll do maybe something for oktoberfest in their local city but it's like no take it 
to the source. <laughs> yeah. Go to Germany. There's not a bunch of Nazis running around trying to attack you. It's it's breaking these misconceptions. Um, we actually had a black tour guide in Munich who's the top tour guide there. He's been doing it for over almost 20 years. Uh, so it's kind of it's opportunities like that that I look for. Um, Pride season. Uh, it's going to be hot. Uh, I what I do partially for my trips is I call them umbrella events. So if there's a if we go to a particular destination, the umbrella event maybe would be Pride or Oktoberfest, and then I build itineraries under that umbrella. So that way, I don't necessarily have to fill the entire itinerary with my own content. Let's say people want to experience that big tent umbrella event. Um, I leave days for that. So um, I personally like to go places when they're at their most festive, when they're showing their best. You know, like, why not go to Munich during Oktoberfest? <laughs> why not going to Rio doing Carnival? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's unless you just hate crowds, it's like, why not see the city on days that it's most famous for? To me, it just makes perfect sense. And it creates outstanding memories. Very nice. Very nice. Um, okay. So uh, another one of these questions. <laughs> Do you have a favorite joke or something you recently laughed at? Mm, uh, other than Donald Trump memes, no. <laughs> um, well, something I recently laughed at. Well, I did make a comment. You probably saw it on the in the Black Gay Travelers group on Facebook that you know, just people who brag about being to a you know hundred countries, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like just to count countries i mean unless that's actual content like i'm counting countries and you're making money from it that makes sense but just going places just to say you've gone there and then if you ask them about it they can't remember much other than they were passing through <laughs> so um i just kind of made a joke about that like there, there's really no point uh, then you're just kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off and spending all this money for no reason you know you're you travel to make memories um that's what's important you travel to learn and make memories those are the two most important things so yeah i mean i, I would think that just kind of mocking the uh the habit or i guess the trend of i have to visit all these countries just to brag about it there's no point like if you find a place that speaks to you mm-hmm. go there go there a hundred times instead of going a hundred places you would enjoy it a lot more that is that's awesome and i, I do like that idea because I do think I did a travel trip like five years ago for like three and a half weeks in multiple places in Europe and you know I I did not have a plan did not use a travel agent did not go with a group for most of it um but yeah like at some point seeing a 400 plus year old church is just another church and they all sort of just blend together um and when I think back, some of the more specific moments are like specific meals that I didn't think I would have and then had, or just mm-hmm. a couple of those real experiences. Um, like, I love the fact that I went, but I definitely would do it differently. <laughs> um, and it would have been a really different experience if I stayed at three places for a week each instead of mm-hmm. two to three days or five days in one. Um, so I like that. I like that idea. Uh, okay. And so I know you you mentioned it a couple of times, but like, so let's say someone heard this, it's December. Yeah. So someone heard this episode in December and they're planning out next year. Um, do you have a couple specific, I know you mentioned Japan and I think Puerto Vallarta Pride. But are there any other specific big travels that you're looking that someone could want to join? Well, uh, well I'll put them in order. Um, I, the, I mentioned the Japan, Japan one because the deposit date is December 21st. Uh, it's a cherry blossom festival. So that's coming up pretty soon. So I encourage people, if you want to go, go on blackgaytravelers.com or bagtravel.net. Um, and then um, Puerto Vallarta is in May, as I mentioned. After that, I'm 
there will be an announcement for a few events in Portugal and Lisbon and maybe going up to Porto, that region and Agarve to the south uh, in June, around Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. um, later, Iceland is in October. There's two there's two tracks. Uh, there's some demand for Iceland. So I actually have one track and based on feedback, I actually opened a second uh, week long track the following week. So I'm in, really excited about those and yet to coming up to be announced, speaking of Thailand, uh, we're going back to Chiang Mai, Thailand for the Big Lantern Festivals next October or November rather. Um, that'll be announced within the next two weeks. So there's a lot coming up in 2025. There's a Egypt cruise, a river cruise in May of 2025. Going back to Japan in February for the Sapporo Snow Festival. I, I put some previews on blackgatetravelers.com so people are curious. And those are just uh, a few of them. There's some that I'm still working on. Uh, possible Rio. Well, actually, I take it back. Not Rio. We're going to the African or Africanized Carnival in Brazil, which is in uh, Bahia, Salvador. Bahia. So Rio, we'll, we'll go to Rio for a few days, but we're that's February of 2025. I'm actually piecing that trip together. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that and working with some of the influencer partners that I work with. That, so that'll be a big event um working with some local tour companies in salvador so they're very excited about the group being hosted so that's just scratching the surface i'll have more and there'll be several cruises in 2025 as well that i'm planning i can't really reveal yet but i'm working on getting some cabins blocked um but yeah but near term the japan deadline is <laughs> december 21st so it's coming up it's an unbeatable price it's a vip tour vip tour uh, during the cherry blossom season, uh, first class hotels, uh, we get a chance to ride the Shinkansen, the bullet train. Um, there'll be an LGBTQ nightlife tour in Shinjuku, which is like the the main gay area of Tokyo. Mm -hmm. uh, going down to Kyoto and seeing one of my favorite castles in the world, which is Himiji Castle in central Japan. So, um, yep, that's uh, that's it. More to come. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Uh... That was a question I was supposed to ask earlier, and I might rearrange it in the final edit. But uh, final couple questions is, um, is there a queer person living or uh, before uh, that inspires you in your world? Uh, I view, so I would say James Baldwin. Uh, I like his his uh, philosophy and his uh, his quotes and his his dedication, despite the, and let me not leave out uh, Bernard Rustin as well. I, I don't know if you saw the Rustin movie, but I, I was blasting it all over Facebook to make sure that people understood <laughs> who he was. And like, he was one of the heroes, undercover heroes, but he was undercover by, on purpose, <laughs> he kind of swept under the rug because he was black and gay, even though he was literally the architect of the civil rights movement. So I would say to Bernard Rustin and James Baldwin, and when you said living or otherwise, I, I always view legends as living because people are about ideas. It's not about the physical body. Um, it, it's what have you passed down? So whatever you pass down is living inside everyone. If you're unforgettable, if you contributed to the world, um, people will remember. Even if even if you're forgotten for, let's say, a couple of generations and then things come back, um, you're living. So people are, if you want to call it a spirit uh, or whatever you want to call it, it's not about the the meat bag that we're walking around in. <laughs> it's about what we pass along. That's, I don't think I've heard it said in those words before, but thank you for that. Because even while I was asking the question, part of me was like, mm, I don't want to say dead or not here, but like, and you like put perfect words to it. So thank you. Thank you for that insight and that word, um, which, which leads me into my last question. So in life and all your travels and how you approach life day to day, do you, is there a piece of advice or a guiding word of wisdom that you use to help just make it through, um, inspire you to keep on moving on? 
keep making change uh, where you are? I would say don't lose faith in people. You know, people are, if, if people act out or people are negative, maybe they've been hurt. Don't take it personally. Um, uh, the, the, that's pretty much the way I, I keep doing what I'm doing. You know, if I didn't have any faith in people, I would have, you know, just done my solo trips. <laughs> so screw you all. But yeah. um, I have, I'm very confident that this will be successful and that we'll build a, a network of black LGBTQ people around the world who will exchange ideas, even if it's, it's not necessarily money. Like I said, I mentioned barter system, they could exchange ideas, goods, uh, niceties, <laughs> um, education, uh, providing safe places for one another. Uh, that's what drives me. Um, it's uh, that's what keeps me going. Is that hope that that can happen? And quite frankly, you know, somebody has to do it. <laughs> I don't see that many other people stepping up, so I don't mind putting my neck out there. Don't lose faith in people. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. I have no more questions um, for for today, but I I am I thank you so much for taking the time out to have this conversation, to share what you've been doing, um, to continue that, and for for these, you, you've had a number of few just like knowledge bombs that really help me uh, see a little bit more. Um, and thank you for your commitment to mobility and providing people with new experiences and for doing this. So well, thank you. we'll uh, put the information from you in the chat about the website, some of the Facebook groups, um, so that people can be able to follow up and connect and get in community. Because I, I, I love your vision and I, I am glad to I've had this conversation and connect more with you and the community. It was my pleasure. I had a great time. Uh, it was definitely nice to meet you, Justin. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Queer Changemakers podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mezzetin, and I hope that you're able to learn from what you just heard and think of ways that you yourself can also make change in your community for the better. Take care, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.